Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you. We are blessed. We are blessed in so many different ways. As we just were, were talking about earlier, blessed with the salvation, Lord, that you've given us. Blessed, Lord, that we have life and that we have breath. Blessed, Lord, that we live in this country. It's amazing. That we have freedoms here that many people don't in other parts of the world. That we have the opportunity to work and to use our gifts in, in wonderful ways. Lord, that we have the opportunity to worship here in this place right now without fear with, of any kind of thing happening to us here in this place or afterwards. Lord, we are incredibly blessed. And Lord, we thank you at this time as well for all those who have gone before us, all those who have fought in wars, all those who have given up their lives, really, uh, so that we could know the life that we have now in this country. And today, uh, July 4, it's just a reminder once again of how good you are. And while we celebrate our independence, Lord, may we always be dependent upon you. Lord, help us not turn our eyes to the left or to the right. Uh, Lord, help us not to embrace a culture that keeps moving further and further away from you. But Lord, may we more and more be known as a people, as a nation that turns to you, that in you we do trust. And Lord, that it's just not something stamped on a coin, but it's something that we live as a nation. It's something that we live with our lives. Lord, we know that all these good things, they come from you. So we thank you. We praise you. And God, we, uh, we now move forward in this time, Lord, asking that you would now speak to us in a way that only you can. I pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, she was tired and discouraged, and she wanted to give up. Her son had gone wayward, said he might never return, and the family was in chaos. Pain was immense. It was everywhere. She told me that she had prayed all these prayers, all kinds of different prayers, over and over and over again, asking for God to answer, asking that her son would return, but nothing seemed to be working. And so she wanted to know, was she not praying hard enough? Was she not praying long enough? Was she not praying honestly enough? But then she was honest with me, told me that, you know what, she had reached the point where she just wanted to give up, where she wanted to retreat from any sense of hope that might be possible. You ever been there? One of my friends wrote me about this. He says, what makes me want to retreat is when I feel as though I've been beaten down so many times, I just don't want to try again. It's hard to get my hopes up only to be let down again. And as the Bible quickly says and simply says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you know what? When life throws you something that you never saw coming and you're praying over and over again and hope seems like just a concept, it seems elusive, it's then that the desire to retreat sets in. And that desire can be really, really intense. Have you ever reached that point? Jesus has some words for you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so Jesus tells us here that the rest that we all long for, this deep abiding rest, is possible if we will take his yoke upon us. Now, in the first century, as we talked about this before, every rabbi would have a yoke that represented their teaching. So Jesus was saying, if you would take my teaching upon you, if you will not just listen to it and learn what I'm saying, but actually implement it in your life, you will find rest. And when it comes to being weary and wanting to retreat, Jesus has some yoke for us. And it's found in the most famous sermon he ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. And it's with these words that you've probably heard some of them before. Maybe you haven't known exactly what to make of them or how to utilize them. But Jesus says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So ask, seek, knock. Three simple words that sometimes aren't so simple to live out. And it starts out this way, ask. In the Greek, it's aiteo. Aiteo, which means to ask for with a claim on receipt of an answer. So you're just not asking for the sake of asking. You are asking because you expect to hear a response. And we do this kind of asking all the time. You've heard it, right? Mom, can I go to the movies with my friends? Dad, can you float me a $20 bill for tonight's date? We've all asked before, and whenever we ask, uh, we know we're going to get an answer. And sometimes the answer is what we're looking for. It's a yes. And I don't know about you, but I am good with yes every single time, right? You good with yes? I'm good with yes. No? That's hard. That's hard. We're going to talk about that. And then there's the not now or not yet. It's not a no. It's just not right now. And whenever that happens, we want to go, well, why not right now? It seems like a good moment to me. But God is speaking. He is answering. And whenever God's answer is anything but a yes, it's, it's in those moments that we get confused. And we get confused because of something that Oswald Chambers talks about. He says, God's aim looks like missing the mark because we are often too short-sighted to see what he is aiming at. You see, our target is right here. His target is way down there. We have the short view. He's got the long view. But we want God to have the short view when we want him to have the short view. We want him to have the long view, but we want him to kind of see things our way. And we wrestle with all of this. And Jesus knows this, which is why he's trying to help explain this to the audience of that day and to us as well. And in Matthew 7, 9, he says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And he raises a question to make a point that no good father would ever respond this way. No good father would. So Jesus makes it clear. The son asks for bread because he needs it, and the father gives him bread. And then he says, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. And again, he asks the question to make a point that no good father would ever do this. That's just not how it works. The son asks for a fish to eat, and the father gives him a fish to eat. And so I told the first service, you know what, I don't know why anyone would ask for a fish to eat, frankly, unless it's salmon maybe. Um, it's just not my thing. Like a burrito, chips and cheese, right, a good steak, but fish, not really my thing, but that's off the point. And so back to the point, uh, back to the point, uh, James, the brother of Christ who was a fisherman, he says this, oh, these are good words. 
You want something, but you don't get it. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. See, when we want something in our lives, many times we're talking a lot. We're talking to ourselves. We're talking to our friends. We're talking to our family. But are we bringing that before God? Are we? Sometimes we say a quick prayer before we eat, but that's about it, right? Are we really bringing this before God? So he says, you don't get because you're not asking God. And then sometimes when you ask, and many times, you're asking with wrong motives. And so, God, I want this. And we have, we have it all worked out, too. We have a timetable pretty much right now. But, God, I want this, and here's how I want it to show up, and here's when I want it to show up. And it's really all about me, and that's the wrong motive. And so he's saying, when you ask with the wrong motive, you're always going to get the same answer, and it's called no. So then people say, okay, but if I ask with the right motive, that means that I always get a yes? No. A couple years before I moved here, I've mentioned this one time before, but I had a year, and it was a very challenging year. Uh, it was a year where I wanted to retreat in a big way. I, I had one kidney stone after another, and not just some small little thing. It, was, it landed me in the hospital over and over again. I mean, throughout the whole year, like every single month, they would kind of get that thing out in some way, which is always a great time. And then, you know what, and then you'd come home, and then a couple days later, another one. Go back to the hospital. And then another one, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And I'll tell you what, the pain is immense. And I'm like, God, I, what is going on? I, you know, so I, of course, I was to the doctors over and over again. This doctor brought me in. He says, let me show you this so you can see what you're dealing with. This is after a year of this. And he put my scan up, you know, on the screen like they do. And, and both my kidneys were loaded with these large stones, loaded. Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I prayed. And if, I'm going to be honest, and I'll be honest right now. I prayed. I asked other people to pray. But I prayed, but not really expecting an answer so much. I really did. I, I prayed, but I wasn't like, you know, this great person of faith. I just prayed, Lord, please take this away. Like, I can't be doing this uh, for too much longer, Lord, please. And I had other people pray. And then, to be honest with you, I just kept waiting for the next one to come. In fact, I was afraid to get on a flight because I might get caught midair and a stone, this would attack. And like, I'm not flying. I'm not going. I'm not going far from home because it happened so much all year. And I'm just waiting. A month passed, two months, three a year later, I'm back at the doctor again. They put this new scan up. He said, I'm not sure what's going on here, but they're all gone. All the big stones, they're all gone. And he said, have you, like, passed some stones that, you know, I didn't know about? I says, no, I, I, I've been waiting. <laughs> he says, well, there might be some small ones. The scan is not picking up, but all those stones, those large stones, they're, they're just gone. That's a yes. That's a yes. But I've also told you before, we've been around here for a while, I was a musician from the time I came out of the womb. I played piano, guitar, and other things, and, and uh, guitar was really my thing. But uh, eventually, I started, the, I, I couldn't even, like, 
played the guitar, but I couldn't even brush my teeth or hold a comb. I mean, if I would go out to eat with you, it was a dangerous event because I couldn't even hold on to like the fork or something. I would just like throw it at you and I didn't even know why. I, I'm not kidding. I mean, it was like a lot of force. And, and so I'm like, I'm dangerous, right? But I, I, I really couldn't even play basic guitar anymore. Nothing. I, for two years, went from doctor to doctor to doctor. I was a guinea pig at Michigan State University. All these doctors in a room just trying to try different things with me to see if they could somehow heal me. They couldn't. I have focal dystonia. It's a neurological disorder at Cleveland Clinic. They told me that I'll never play guitar again. So I sold my one handmade guitar and gave my other one to my son as a life gift, sold all my amps and everything. This is, this is a no, right? But I kept praying and praying and many times yelling, angry. But the answer has been no or, or not yet. And it remains so to this day. And this is where we struggle. We struggle with this. I mean, I've never met anyone who like, really likes a no or not yet. Do you like a no or not yet? I don't like a no or not yet. I don't like that. And we really struggle with this because, man, many times what we're praying, it seems like a good thing. So why a no or a not yet? And yet sometimes, as I've seen in my own life, when we live life a little bit and we move down the road just a little bit, we learn that the thing that we thought was good that we were praying for back then really wouldn't have been good for us at all. And it reminds us that God is good and so we can trust him to answer us with his goodness. It's who he is. And still we have to remember that Jesus expects us to ask. And, and I believe he, he wants us to ask for the very things we desire rather than do what many people do. Take matters into their own hands. You know, if I want to buy it, even if I can't afford it, I'm going to get it. You know, if, I'm gonna, if I want this or that, I'm going to find some kind of way to obtain it. And so we often take matters into our own hands and Jesus says, don't do that. Fight against that. Place those very things in God's hands by asking. And then there are some benefits, really, when we ask, even if the answer is no or not yet. A no, for example, can teach us that what we want is not really something that we need, and we sometimes need to learn those lessons. And a not yet or a not now, well, that can teach us that if we keep asking, there might very well be a time when his answer is yes. A friend of mine once said it this way, the right idea at the right time brings blessing. The right idea at the wrong time brings pain. I'll tell you what, if you would hold on to that statement and implement that in your life, I'll tell you what, so much fruit, so much life. The right idea at the right time brings blessing. The right idea at the wrong time brings pain. And sometimes a lot of pain, even when it's the right idea. Bad timing. So I want to operate in God's timing, right? That's why we need to learn these things. And friends, we'll never learn these lessons if we never ask. See, just like a child with her parent, the more we ask, the more we learn about ourselves. But more importantly, the more we learn about our father. And the more we learn about our father, the more confidence we gain in asking him. John put it this way. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, next four words, hold on to those, according to his will. Say those with me. According to his will. We forget about that. We think our will is his will. We want our will to be his will. And so it would cause us to go, you know, before I ask for anything at all, Lord, I, I really want to operate in your will. Lord, I want to hear you. I want to respond in the way that you want me to. 
I want your will here. I'm going to pray this, but I want your will. Because if we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So let me ask you, what have you been asking God for? Or have you been doing a lot of talking to yourself or to others? And maybe the question is, what could you be asking God for? Because remember, when we ask, we expect an answer. And the yes, we love our yeses, but the no or not yet doesn't mean that God's not working. He is working. All things together for our good. He is working. We're just often not seeing it because we got our eye on the short game. He's got his eye on the long game. So it's a matter of trusting him. That he is always at work because you are his child. He loves you. And he is always at work bringing good things for you. This is the God that we worship. Before I continue on, let's just pause and let's worship him right now. Stop, you never stop working. 
So we ask, you have a seat. And he says, seek, seek. Zeteo in the Greek, to look for, to try to find something. And this is different, right? There's a different kind of action on our parts. Because when we ask, we just make a request and we kind of wait for an answer. When we seek, we keep searching. It means we keep searching and looking for whatever that is until we kind of find it. And I don't know about you, but this is kind of how it works for me. I mean, it might sound mysterious to, you know, search and seek after something. It might even sound like a little bit of fun. But you know what? The truth is, I'm not sure that it actually is for most people. I mean, the last time I, I lost my, my, my watch, for example, for just maybe 10 minutes, it wasn't like the best 10 minutes of my day. And my wife, Carol, is known to lose her phone. I've never seen her, like, completely elated while she's looking for it. Right? And, you know, I, was, I went over to a friend, this is a couple years ago, here, and, you know, they, they announced that they're going to have an Easter egg hunt. And I, I know that sounds like a lot of fun, but in truth, don't many of us just want those eggs in a basket on the table for us to easily consume? I mean, come on, right? Do we really want to go hunting for those things? But the truth is, when we do, and we find just one, suddenly, like, well, I could find another, and then another. It's like the psalmist says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. David is saying this, a lion will be hungry and he'll be seeking. He may not find it, but those who seek the Lord will always find the Lord. You see, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So seeking is different than asking. When we ask, we have to wait for a response. But when we seek, we are constantly responding to what we learn next which then really kind of educates us in terms of how we should keep on looking. Go back to my hand here for a moment. I mean, I, when it comes to asking, I ask the Lord hundreds of times. My family knows this, hundreds of times. I was desperate. Along the way, though, I learned I wasn't seeking him. I wasn't seeking him. So I started seeking him, and it wasn't easy at first, but seeking for me came in the form of questions that might be good for you to ask. For example, God, what are you trying to show me right now that I am not seeing? I'm just not seeing. What are you trying to show me? And how can my prayers help lead me to what is next rather than return me to what I knew? God's not wanting to bring us back back to something. He's bringing us forward to something. And this was the hardest one for me. Uh, pay attention to the words here because they mean a lot. How can I prepare my heart to receive what you're holding out for me rather than view you as a God who is holding out on me? Oh, because when we think God's holding out on us, oh, we get bitter and we get angry, but he's holding out something for us. What is it? What does he want to show us? See, my discovery eventually as I was seeking him is that there was a new journey for me. I never saw it, never thought about it, really, but God was showing me I've got a new journey for you as a pastor. This is some years ago. Instead of a musician, it was a huge transition in my life. 
See, both asking and seeking, they mature us, but they mature us in different ways. And wherever the journey takes us, may we never retreat. Because Jesus says, when we seek, we will find. I'm reminded of my wedding ring. Uh, I was, this was a few years ago. Um, I was in Michigan, and we were in Lake Michigan in the summertime. Beautiful, sunny day. I don't know if you've seen Lake Michigan. It's gigantic. It's like an ocean. Waves, right? And we're out there throwing the football and, and all this stuff with a bunch of friends. And then suddenly I look down. I'm like, my wedding ring is gone. It's in Lake Michigan somewhere. And so we all started hunting for it. We're all taken, I mean, we were there for a couple hours, and we had moved through, the, through the, the, that lake quite a bit. So, like, we're all in different sections, walking, you know, looking down, trying to find. And the good thing about that lake, as opposed to inland lakes here and elsewhere, is you can actually see to the bottom. You know, in most lakes and inland lakes, you put your hand down if you'd lost your hand. So, I mean, you can see to the bottom. And we're looking like 10 or 15 minutes, and suddenly the sun just hit something just right. And one of my friends said, I think I found it. And they reached down into the sand and brought up this. And it's a reminder that if we keep seeking, we will find. We will find. So what are you seeking after right now? Or what should you be seeking after right now? I want you to ask yourself those questions as you listen to the words of this next song.
things like you do. Oh God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my Lord. Forever, all my days, I will. seeking him? Are you asking to see as he does? We're to ask, we are to seek, and we are to knock. Kruo, in the the Greek, it means merely to knock, and I don't know about you, but I actually like doors that are open or doors that are open for me. I like those kinds of doors, right? I mean, for example, there's, I used to travel a bit before COVID, right? And, um, I would go to some hotels, just a few in my life, where I got out of the car, walked up to the hotel, and there was a doorman. And I'd walk up, and they would open the door for me, which felt pretty good, and then I'd walk into that beautiful hotel, experiencing all that awaited me. But you know what I think, as I look at that, there's no effort on my part when that happens. I don't even have to think at all. All I had to do was walk through the doorway. And in truth, I think many in the Christian life They want God to be their doorman. They want God to open the door for them. And it seems really when you look at Scripture, there are a few times that he actually served in this capacity. For example, Paul says, Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, that's interesting. Or Luke writes, On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So it does seem that there are times in Scripture where God opened the door in certain situations for certain people. And if you think about this, if God were our doorman, we wouldn't have to ask anything. We wouldn't have to seek for anything. We wouldn't have to do anything because whatever our hearts desired would just be open for us as we stepped into a room filled with our met expectations. Oh, that would feel good. But it's seldom how it works. 
Because after all, when you look at Scripture, when God opened a door in a situation, it was so that somebody could find salvation. We often want our door open for other reasons. And when you think about it, you know, a door does serve a purpose. That's why it's a door, right? It keeps some people or things out and lets some people or things in. And knocking, well, that refers first to a closed door. Any closed doors in your life? Are there? Any closed doors that your heart longs to be opened? If that's the longing of your heart, like me, you may not have just knocked on that door. You might have banged on that door over and over and over again, maybe with a bit of anger and bitterness along the way. Maybe a little bit like the Apostle Paul. He said, you know what, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Or you might say three times I asked the Lord to open a door for me. And then Paul is humble and honest enough to say why the door remained closed, though. He says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. So whenever we feel like we're running into a closed door, it might be helpful to learn from the Apostle Paul and think, okay, what, what, what reasons might there be as to why this door is closed right now? But whatever the reasons might be, Jesus says, you know what, keep doing this. Knock. Not once, not twice, not three times. Rather, he tells us to keep on knocking because in the Greek here, it's in the present tense, which means keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. So don't give up. Don't retreat. Keep on doing these things. And as it relates to knocking, we're to continue doing so until God opens up the very thing that he longs to show us. So remember that God is not deaf. He's not avoiding you. He's not against you. So don't be against yourself. See, I think one reason why people often get discouraged in difficult times is because they buy into this notion that if I had a strong faith, all I'd need to do is pray once. Or if I had a wise faith, I'd start using the right words that would unlock the door to what I'm looking for. It's a wrong notion. Rather, Jesus says we're to keep asking, we're to keep seeking, we're to keep knocking. Jesus tells us to have a persistent faith. It's like the time in the Gospels where the disciples prayed over this boy who was sick. And they gathered around this boy, they prayed for him, and then a whole lot of nothing happened. And then Jesus prayed for the boy, and he was instantly healed. And they were frustrated. And so they say to Jesus, why could we not do this? And he said to them, because of your little faith. Now, at first, that kind of hurts. In fact, that's kind of how we sometimes feel. We think, okay, we're praying, and it it doesn't happen for us because we have such a small faith. But that's not what Jesus is trying to convey here at all. Because just after telling them these words, he then follows it up by saying what kind of faith is needed. And he says, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed... You'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Well, the mustard seed, if you look it up, they're incredibly small, really super small. So what's the point? Pliny the Elder, who lived between 23 and 79 AD, he writes in his uh, Encyclopedia of Natural History of the mustard seed. He says, with its pungent taste and fiery effect, mustard is extremely beneficial for the health. It grows entirely wild, though it is improved by being transplanted. But on the other hand, when it has once been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it, as the seed, when it falls, germinates at once. 
So basically, you let a mustard seed or two in, and it'll take over the whole place. A few seeds of mustard, and you've just got nothing but a mustard field. Because mustard is incredibly tenacious. And our prayers are to be like that. That means we keep on asking. We keep on seeking. We keep on knocking. For Jesus tells us it will be given to you. You will find it. The door will be opened. Not necessarily in your way and in your time, but in his time and according to his will. See, the reason why we often don't see things the same way that God sees is because he is holy and apart from him we are not. It's really why Jesus was saying this in verse 11. He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's saying, if you have a good father, be thankful. But even so, that good father is human, which means he's sinful along with everyone else. And even then, he can still give you good gifts. How much more so is this true of your heavenly father? Bottom line, friends, rather than retreat, persistently ask, seek, and knock, and God will answer. Because he's always at work. He's working all things together for our good. And when we don't get a yes right away and we're in the kind of the no category, the not now or not yet category, we are being shaped like clay. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is shaping and molding us. And his work is always good because he promises to bring about good in our lives. This is the God that we serve. Listen to these words, maybe sing along if you want, but let the power and truth of these words kind of invade you and change you and transform you because this is the God who calls us to ask and to seek and to knock. Yeah. 
that you are good. Your love endures forever. When I doubt it, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made. Your great art is set apart. I'm the canvas and the is still at work that maybe it's hard sometimes maybe there are no's or not yet but his hand is still at work amen amen well I want to say first thanks for joining us here at MCC this week and especially if this is the first time that you're here with us we want to make sure that we oops that we get to know you so please as you leave this room Go out that way to the atrium. If you have connection card, just bring it. People will meet you there, and we want to make sure that we know you. So welcome if you're here with us for the first time. I just want to invite you next week as well to come in back to this room. We're going to be here with a new sermon series. It's going to be called Dear Church. And we're going to have a, a speaker called Beth Gutenberger. Did I say that right? Okay. Beth, if you're online watching... These people love you. Come on, give it up to Beth. All right. And you know, amen. Well, you know, usually around this time, Pastor Phil will come up and end the service. And, and he'll bless us. Usually he'll raise his hands and bless us and give us the benediction. But this week, we're going to kind of change it a little bit. So instead of him blessing us, we want to bless him. Um, I don't know how many of you know that Pastor Phil, before the pandemic, was supposed to get three months of sabbatical since he has been leading this church for a while and because of the pandemic and all the craziness that happened he graciously accepted to chop it in three parts so as this Wednesday reach he, we are reaching the third part of his sabbatical so before he leaves on his sabbatical we just want to do the same thing that he does he prays for us he blesses us we want to do the opposite way this time so we're going to invite pastor phil to come up and we're going to pray for him as a church as a body of mcc um you know i'm a pastor kid and i know when my dad used to pastor the church he is still it's more than a full-time job it's more than that there is a lot so this time of rest is very important we love you pastor phil 
and we want to send you send you with a with a blessing so would you please mind raise your hand towards pastor phil and close your eyes let us pray together heavenly father we thank you for this amazing man of god we thank you for our pastor our leader pastor phil we thank you for all the wisdom that he has poured into my life personally and the leadership for this church lord we thank you for that lord we we want to say lord that uh, we commit him to your hands we commit carol to your hands lord his family everything that's happening in his life right now lord would you give him your peace lord and would this time of sabbatical be restful for him for his family lord so he would meet with you every day re-energize lord have a vision of you lord so he comes back to lead us lord we thank you for him we thank you for the blessing that you gave us pastor phil to lead us lord we thank you for his friendship lord and we pray in jesus name that this time of rest will be refreshing to his heart to his mind to his soul lord we commit him to your hand we pray your protection over him over her tra his travels lord over his family over uh, his mom lord over his uh, over carol's mom lord all the health issues lord we commit that to your hands and we love you lord we pray for this awesome congregation lord that you would continue to shepherd us and watch over us through this main time lord we thank you that you are the greatest and the good shepherd we love you lord and we thank you in jesus name and everyone says amen god bless you everyone see you next week thanks for listening you can stay connected throughout the week by following montgomery community church on facebook and instagram for more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.